0: Bienvenuti nel podcast automobilistico, un'edizione speciale, Alfa Romeo Stelvio Q4, Milano edizione. Ciao, sono Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I liked your intro. That's very good. I did like that. <laughs> oh, I have
0: been planning that since I had this car. Yeah, excellent. Well done. It's such a fantastic name. <laughs> It really is. An Alfa Romeo Stelvio Q4 Milano Edizione.
1: I think the only way we could have bettered that is if we would got...
0: Actually got Matteo to do it. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so I spent 45 minutes earlier on practicing that. Make sure I could get it in one go. Paid
1: off. Thank <sighs> you that
0: you have. So Alan, tell us what the...
1: Uh... <laughs> Uh, what the Alfa Romeo Stelvio Q4 Milano Edizoni is, then.
0: Well, it, it's an Alfa Romeo Stelvio, so it is a... who what kind of size? It's a bit bigger than a BMW X4 or a Mercedes GLC, but a bit smaller than an X6. Or an or definitely smaller than X5.
1: So is it like F pace size,
0: Jaguar? F it's pace F pace, size. yeah. F pace is a good one actually. Yeah, it's a kind of F pace size SUV, but with a sporty bent. So it is a little bit more jumped up estate car
1: mm-hmm.
0: than it is Land Rover Defender. In fact, it's quite a lot more <laughs> jacked up estate car than it is uh, than it is Land Rover Defender. The model I had was the 2.2 liter, uh, which It's classed as 2.2 everywhere, but it's actually 2,143 cc, which I would make a 2.1, judging by the rules of mathematics I was taught. But hey, it's Italian, so there we go. (laughs) Uh, With a four-cylinder diesel engine, the model I had was the highest power diesel, which is a 210 brake, which it puts out as 3,500 revs and 270 newton meters at uh, 1,750. Mm -hmm. There's also a 190-brake 2.2-litre diesel and 200 or 280-brake turbo petrols as well. Okay. And that's not including the 4Gs.
1: Okay, right.
0: All of them, I believe, run through an eight-speed auto box. Certainly the one that I had did really quite smooth. I think it's a ZF unit, actually. It's the same as many, many other vehicles, all of which meant that I could get from 0 to 62 miles an hour, where safe and legal to do so, in 6.6 seconds and onto a 134 mile an hour top speed. If I wanted to. Yes. Which I didn't at any point in time. (laughs) Just to clarify
1: in case anyone was wondering. Yes, absolutely
0: not. Never more than 70 miles an hour. The list on the road price is £45,605 now when we start talking about prices you will never pay that okay there is a sliding scale of financey things available from uh, from alpha right at the minute at the time of to, at the time of recording where there are some very low interest options in fact there's zero interest options there are some low interest options and the sliding scale of how much deposit contribution that they will give you uh, off the bat. So from like a grand, if you're on the 0%, and 3,750, I think it was, for one I spec'd earlier on, uh, which is very, very similar to the one I tried. So the price, it's about 550 a month, really, uh, okay. you're going to be paying for this. Over two years and 15,000 miles. year so that's even that's quite that's towards the upper end
1: yeah that's alan mileage though isn't it
0: that's alan mileage that's what i buy my cars on and that's the measuring that's not the word measuring stick whatever the correct word is that that i compare all others to okay obviously i just gave you the base list of 45605 this was a press car so there were 2690 pounds worth of options i'll talk about them As I go through, because none of them were ridiculous. But a couple of them I wouldn't have, and I'd add a couple extra in, to be perfectly honest. But that meant a total as-tested price of £48,295.
1: Okay. So what's it it look like, then?
0: Give me a minute. Let me start with the easily measured stuff, and then I'll move (laughs) on to that, okay? It was a fantastic shade of green. It was. That's Viconti. Vel di was was seven hundred and seventy pound option for the metallic green. But that green which was so deep and so metallic-y and just if there was such a thing as Italian racing green and there isn't, then that would be it.
1: Yes. It was it was it looked superb, I have to say. Even after you'd driven
0: to North Wales through November routes,
1: yeah. it still looked yeah. fabulous.
0: And it looked so much better even whenever I actually got it home and had it washed. <laughs> and I took, honestly, the light. I went around to collect a parcel from the, my, my local Royal Mail distribution center. And I got back. I came out and it was like, okay, I've got the golden hour. It looks wonderful. And I swear, I parked it in the corner of the of the post office delivery center car park and took a whole bunch of pictures. That everyone said wow that looks so good uh, and I, I promise it was down to the color and the light and not the sexy location <laughs> but the green was fantastic uh bizarrely we normally say there's a color tax with the stelvio there's a de-colour tax in the alpha white will cost you 425 pounds alpha red is included i was gonna say it's free but it's included any of the metallic colors of which there is a pleasant range you know there are further reds further whites there's some blues as well uh, as well as the green and some dull grays if you're that way inclined are all 770 pounds Mine also had the, mine, the one I had, the test car, (laughs) provided. You can tell that I quite liked it.
1: Should we go straight to
0: the summary? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I liked it. The test car came with 20-inch duck petal alloys. Definitely the standard wheels to have. 590 quid well spent on the options list there. Similarly brushed aluminium roof rails. A, they let you attach roof uh, crossbars and carry lifestyle things uh, like bicycles and canoes and windsurfers and stuff Um, but they also look quite good they are 300 quid for the side rails though but you know they're aluminium proper aluminium real okay and they look good Uh, and then to be honest they just gave it a bit more outdoory macho cred to be perfectly honest (laughs) (laughs) it worked for me the the Stelvio is, because you asked what the looks were like, and I wanted to play for time for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> the Stelvio is it's pretty good. I think it's good looking, provided you're in the right spot. If not, in some places, if you're a bit too low, for example, standing at the rear three-quarter, the tailgate has big expanses of just nothing on it. Mm. some angles the front is just a bit too tall and a bit toilet seaty but generally you know what in this segment in this day and age it's it's pretty good looking and actually the more i looked at it the more i liked it but that might well be because i learned to stand in certain positions because that's the kind (laughs) of weird thing that i would do yeah there's just a big space there
1: but that front end's distinctive alpha's nose at the moment we had it on the julia as well it's yeah it's a very distinctive and it marks it out and and i i like that from the way that alpha have gone recently i think it they've incorporated the alpha grille and the lights quite well i think it's always a little bit of a problem with an suv because that is Particularly if it's a jacked up estate because
0: you're sort of more stretching the body up, aren't you? But actually, I think one of the challenges that they've had is stretching the body down at the back. So I can imagine whenever they sketched it, you know, it had quite a long rear overhang, but it went up quite sharply. And they've had to, for packaging reasons, there's quite a lot of black plastic down there mm. to try and just disguise both, I guess, where the exhaust comes through, but also some of the crash structure um, so that cars don't underrun the back of it. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what sort of drags the whole thing down at the back. But, you know, we were really scathing about the Stelvio and about the Julia whenever they were still not into production yet. What you mean we kept getting all the teaser photos? <laughs> yeah, but it looks way, way better in real life than it does in photos. Yeah. It just does. It really does. And I've got to ask you to trust me on that, given that, you know, this is an audio channel. <laughs> and any photos we show, any way we can show it to you is showing you photos. So so no, it is actually pretty good looking. One of the things I found about it, though, that it is really quite wide, there's there's a lot of bread there. So I, I sort of hopped from it to my CX-5 and back again. And one of the things I really felt was that this is a large car platform, at the size it's kind of intended to be, as opposed to a small car platform that has been stretched up and along. Okay. That sounds a bit weird. Well, remember, it is based mostly on a sort of executive car rear-wheel drive layout. Yeah.
1: Do you think that aided it or hampered it in any way, or just makes it just different?
0: For the sake of what I'm going to say right now, I think it just makes it a bit wider. Okay. Okay. I I don't think that, that that has uh has an aspect on any other part of the exterior really. Okay. Um, different story when we come to driving and and the interior though. To be honest. All right. Um. I felt that it got good attention. Okay. I'm quite. I don't know. Maybe I'm a, oversensitive to, to to the type of attention that press cars get uh, whenever I'm 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 driving them. But I felt that it got you know people when they saw it, one of the things the first things they did was was um was complimented on its looks and when i when I got the car uh, and I'll talk more about how all the places that I took it uh in the driving bit but when I got the car, I had to one well, of the first things I had to do was was drive out through the city of London which is a horrible test (laughs) for any car. And I was driving along and I thought, I felt there's lots of city types and people looking to cross the road and all these kind of things. And I didn't feel there was a sneer. I I felt that people were interested in what it was and that it reflected well on me. I know it's an SUV, (laughs) but I felt that it reflected well on my taste, especially in the color, you know, Mm. that it reflected well on my tastes. And it reflected well on me as the person behind the, the, the steering wheel. Good.
1: Don't want you. Don't want you to feel uncomfortable.
0: No, but sometimes you get press cars, and they are just not what you would ever choose from a color or spec. Yeah. There is one bright blue one, which I still get ribbed about by people, as if I had chosen bright blue with all the with all the crow. I thought the yellow one would be the one you get ribbed about. No, 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 no. Everybody loved the yellow one. So I felt that where it sits in in these not an off road SUV and absolutely not a crossover coupe. Good. Like the X4s and the GLC coupe and all yeah, these yeah. kind of things. It was really good. I actually quite liked it. I thought it strikes a nice balance between being that sort of practical space and a bit sporty without being fugly, frankly, as a yeah. technical term. Yeah, So socially acceptable BMW X4 alternative Yeah, was where I felt. It definitely socially, socially uh, acceptable, I can't speak.
1: Yes. Unless,
0: of course, you're going to then hammer me for the fact that it's an SUV, In the in this case, it's a jacked-up estate car. If mm-hmm. ever there was a term that needs better defined, it's SUV at the minute. It's <laughs> too big a bucket, far too big a bucket. Well, let's not go into that now. I know. This is this is not the show to have that. Maybe on the news show.
1: Yes. So well tell me about the inside then. You you must you've mentioned that you wanted to explain further the inside. And Yeah, I'm going to delay you again though, because you like to. Consultant mode, because I I'm asking a question that's slightly awkward.
0: <laughs> that's not the question I wish to answer at the moment, and you're being difficult. <laughs> the boot as is traditional the Good. boot will start there it was pretty large nice mm-hmm. and deep uh it was all flat and it was pretty much clear of in, any intrusions in there this one had the boot floor rails uh, with some movable tie downs which were 85 quid uh, i believe there should there might occasionally be a net that comes with them which is another 85 quid although i'd spent a 10 rod ebay instead mm-hmm. um but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother with the boot floor rails personally. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not something I would spec. What I would have is the 234 socket in the rear. Uh, again, 85 quid. And it is a Euro or a Swiss two-prong plug only in the one I had. Right. Not a big deal with an adapter or the appropriate cables. So I'm glad I don't know anyone who travels to any of those places who might have both or either of those, perfectly good for running cool boxes, charging laptops, camera batteries, any of these kind of things. I mean, you're not you're not going to be running a, a, a drill off it or anything like that. But but good for sort of lifestyle or worky stuff there, and and that's something I would have could have recorded a podcast in the boot. Then we could have recorded a podcast in the boot. We should have done. No, it's been a, it's we been sh- a while since
1: you did the. <laughs> episode in a phone box so you know you've been comfortable for all
0: these episodes since i missed that (laughs) i really enjoyed that episode that's one of my favorites actually one of the favorite places we've ever recorded where we won't be recording though is under the rear floor of the stelvio i had as it had the optional space saver spare wheel which was 275 quid so there was no extra space in the undercroft there it was quite a funky wheel it had one of these inflating it had an inflating tire. I don't know what I mean. It had one of those expandi- expanding Vredstein tires where the, the tire is smaller until you inflate it, and then it kind of unfolds, oh, okay. which is kind of cool. I never want to have to use it, but I think it's really cool. Boot cover, there's lights on both sides, there's a 12-volt socket, and there were curry hooks on both sides okay. from memory. I went back to check my photos and realized I hadn't taken any photos in there. There were too many race cars around. Yes. Uh, rear seats—they seemed okay. They were quite flat for three across. I, there were two USB sockets for the people in the back and vents and stuff. Other than that, I'm—I'm I'm really sorry. I think I—I I think I put a jacket on them once. Okay. One day I will learn to test rear seats. But given I have one car without rear seats and another car where. There's just, you can't get to the rear seats. There's, there's no real point.
1: Just go and grab one of these alleged friends you have and throw them in the back and say, just tell me what that feels like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> what do I have to do that for? Why are we doing that? Oh, just give up. Big change I would make to the inside. Mm-hmm. I would have had the brown leather and not the black leather. Yes, absolutely. It's there. It's on the options list rumor had it that that got vetoed on this particular press car much to the disgust of the person who'd originally spec'd the press car we'd like to say that we side with the person who originally spec'd the press car absolutely we fully endorse that
1: original choice and attempt to select that color because the combination of that green with that brown would have been
0: absolutely superb which isn't to say that the black wasn't pleasant no 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 i wasn't Was a little bit hola calcutta but it was it was certainly pleasant definitely not complaining at all front seats super comfy many way adjustable assist on both (laughs) manual squab length adjustment as befits a properly sporty car and Two of my favourite things: electrically adjustable lumbar support and electrically adjustable bolsters in the mm. backrest. So you could just make sure you were held just so uh, whenever <laughs> you're about to attack the the twisty stuff. <laughs> I do like adjustable bolsters. I, I like pretty cozy seats, really snug. Much more about heavy bolstering than than sort of slidey roundy sofa type type setup. Dashboard. Dashboard in, in the middle there was just again buttons for ventilation, that kind of stuff. Honestly, with the ventilation, I set it to my regulatory twenty-one and a half, unless I needed to demist the windows, the the windscreen, uh, which happened a couple of times given how damp and cold and wet it was in the dark in Anglesey. Um then that had to be used a couple of times to to demist properly uh, and that was completely understandable but other than that honestly i set it to auto it never offended it never decided it was going to give me a hurricane of cold air through the face vents like mazdas do <laughs> it was just comfortable it was really it was really nice uh heated seats as well worked to treat in november and wales and rain and wet and cold and yuck instruments it's an odd setup here because the two dials are really quite deep set into the dashboard Mm -hmm. they're well down the cows kind of come up and they're a wee bit yeah they kind of come up but they they so they give you a full sense of where the of where the dials should be, because the dials are right down at the bottom of these. It's very traditional alpha. It's really quite cool and it gives a bit of uh it gives a little bit of theatre.
1: Does that to add to the boardiness of the feel of the
0: Kind of. I mean the whole interior was really quite cozy because it's a very car like driving position. And the doors are, you know, they're really quite almost at shoulder height.
1: So without 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 trying to sound like we're t- taking the mech out of the word out of the idea of sporty, but it was so it's quite a sports carish setup for the front passengers and the front driver because you, you're more you're more sitting in there rather than on it.
0: Oh, you were definitely in it rather than on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And you know, the center binnacle was quite high as well, and the armrest it was the right height but it was it almost flowed straight into that center binnacle with the the auto shifter and and stuff so you were very much enclosed uh, yes. if you were yes. in the, the the front seats that sort of I, I, I jokingly i think years ago said about the mx5 that it was uh it was what's the danish word i can never pronounce it Hygge. That sort of Danish coziness yeah, yeah. type thing going on. And it was very much like that. It was that sort of cozy, more GT car feel. Okay, yeah. Than it was, than it was. hey, I'm in an MPV. Look, I can walk through the middle and <laughs> tend to my family. It's like, who cares? You're in the back. Sod it. <laughs> I care not a jot about you. I'm up front with the steering wheel. That's essentially it, yeah. The steering wheel, by the way, was fab to hold really nice wheel three-spoker there were some buttons i'm sorry i can't remember what they all did and i didn't take as many photos as i normally do but yeah just right size right place could easily position it i mean i'm long-armed long-bodied short-legged so even the mythical alpha drivers of old i'm the right proportions for that really Screen in the middle of the dash as well, all built in and integrated. Curious because it wasn't a touch screen. It's so used to touch screens these days that when something isn't, it's a bit weird. And that partly comes on to one of my token interior gripes <laughs> because it's written that, you know, in any road test of any car you have to have some interior niggle. One of them is that the the sort of iDrive style setup of your rotating knob, clicky to select. You can also push forward, back, left, right. It just felt a bit tinny. Sorry, it just didn't have it. Though it jiggled, you could jiggle it without it doing anything. It didn't have didn't have a good solid feel to it. Yeah, it didn't have that decisive feel that you get in a BMW or a Mazda or any other car that has that kind of. That kind of selector, which was a bit of a shame because it was kind of one of the primary touch points in the cabin. The other thing, which was a bit weird, was that this one had the optional, depends what spec you've got. Some of them are optional, some of it's standard. Beautiful cast aluminium shift paddles Mm -hmm. on the side of the steering wheel, which I, I think I used them once to just see what happened, really. But they were massive. They take up about at least a quarter of the wheel on both sides. But they're between you and the stalks. And most of the time, it's all right. You can reach past. But when you're driving on Welsh dark, dark roads at night, and it's getting cold and dark, and so, and you're having to flick your headlamps between full beam and not full beam, then the worry that you're going to keep knocking the downshift paddle... <laughs> when you really don't want to accidentally downshift because it's sub-zero outside, you're trying to be super careful, was not great. I mean, you've got to be like the lobster people to be able to work them because there's a weird claw-like position you end up taking up so that you know that you're reaching around the, the, the paddle. And I, I've got pretty massive hands, to be honest. And to, if I was finding it a bit weird, it's, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. Okay. The, the paddles themselves are gorgeous. I just don't want them honestly the the gearbox was so good about being in the right gear at the right time i I never felt the need to actually touch it even even crossing Wales and stuff Mm -hmm. which brings us to driving well i gave this thing a fair old workout 790 miles i think i did in a week in fact it was a day over a week wasn't it yeah in eight days and i was everywhere from central london rush hour the whole 30 meters to get to the end of the street takes you half an hour set up right the way out through the east end of London, through the city, through the east end of London. Had it in Anglesey mud. Uh, I had it back down the M1 again to Luton Airport multi-story car park and uh, for a day or so and, and back. I racked up a mile or two. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. <laughs> and it was an absolute delight to do it in really because it was such a smooth comfortable and adaptable vehicle you felt the width around town and when moving in traffic and to be honest it's about the worst thing you can ever do with a trace car i think is to get in it and then sit in the traffic jam because you're trying to work out how heavy are the brakes how precise is the steering how it's all that and you literally get no no meters in which to find out (laughs) In in my case, it took 15 minutes to get out of the parking space. And I was all chuffed that I had got a space early afternoon when the car was delivered to me because logistics. I had it delivered to, to, to central, central London. Yeah, I won't be doing that again in a rush. That's what Alpha said. <laughs> no, they were lovely about it. I, know. I was very apologetic about it. Oh, yeah, I was all smug that I got a nice space right outside the office door. I mean, mean, right outside. A prized position normally given over to seven series BMWs with people sitting in them all the time. So I got out all chaffed, got back in straight into the traffic jam, which was absolute and total baptism of fire. And then by the time I hit the M11... I was I'd kind of fallen for it. Having already stopped at Mackie D's for my dinner. I had fallen for it. Because whenever I got it onto the motorway and we got up to a cruise and it was just a smooth, easy place to be, right out through the traffic, right everywhere. But by that point I was I was already pretty smitten.
1: But that's perfectly what you need after a day's work and you're oh, yeah. just trying to get home. You yeah. want the vehicle. To take as much of the pressure off that it can by being as as comfortable and nice
0: as possible. Yeah, and and even in town, those twenty-inch wheels. So there was still enough. I don't have a note of the tire size here. There was still enough tire sidewall that they. The ride was firm, but it wasn't jiggly. Mm-hmm. or uncomfortable even crossing you know some of the the central london's worst worst tarmac uh, which was pretty good on the way out to wales it disguised its weight it drives much better than many normal cars now one of the things that's unusual about the stelvio is there is a strong rear wheel bias to the uh to the four-wheel drive system okay it's essentially rear wheel drive until it gets told otherwise yeah where you could drive it and where you were on roads that you knew and all these kind of stuff i I thought it actually drove like if not better than many normal cars i preferred the driving dynamics of this to my father's current gen 5 bmw 530d se wow for example wow and
1: that's a heck of a statement
0: it is it is and people will disagree with me but i found that to be the case and his is not ridiculously specced. It's specced for comfort and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I actually found that the Alpha was more suitable for me. I preferred it. The only time I really felt its weight and size was as I was heading up the A5 on the way to Anglesey, and it was getting dark. And it, Well, no, it was dark. And the temperatures <laughs> were dropping below freezing. <laughs> uh, I think another section of road you're Detroit. about to talk yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was very, very aware of the wide summer tyres and the weight and the fact I was having to be super, super gentle and really wishing I was in my own little car which could straight line the bends with its freshly fitted winter tyres. And the whole don't crash the press car thing yep. was very much in my mind.
1: The That particular bit of road coming down that hill... It's horrible. It was quite greasy on that road during the daytime. So when you were coming through there, it, it must have been interesting.
0: And I'm not saying that... And I think that the road was the issue and not yeah, so yeah, much the car yeah. there. I'm sure glorious summer's day I would have been through there and in half the time probably.
1: There'd also been a lot of mobile roadworks going on. Yes, in that, yes. That section of yes, road. Yes, spotted
0: well. that too. So. so that was the only time was was in a really tricky situation that was not not reflective of most driving most of the time. I think it's fair to say So
1: did you drop into chauffeur mode at that point then? Is that what happened?
0: I'd already kind of been in chauffeur mode because I'd started off getting stuck in traffic. I'd started off following the Alpha sat-nav and then I just didn't feel it was accounting for, uh, and this moves into tech we're about to talk about, but I didn't feel it was accounting for the fact it was a Friday afternoon Um. and I had to go around Birmingham and many aspects like that. Okay. I'd got caught in some traffic, so I'd already been in chauffeur mode and was just resigned to the fact that it was going to take me as long as it was going to take to actually get to Wales. Mm-hmm. And lo, that's exactly what happened, everyone. <laughs> Tech-wise, though, I mean, there wasn't... It's got the usual list. Hill descent control and lane departure warning and keyless entry and zine, by xenon zine headlamps and all the kind of stuff that you'd expect. But there wasn't anything way out on here you know the cruise was non-adaptive the sat nav was okay and easy enough to use it had carplay and android auto carplay seemed weird because not being a touch screen i had to sort of turny knob to make the selections rather than just (laughs) uh, with my index finger as you normally would Uh, and that took a little while to get used to it did take a little bit of uh, a little bit of of jiggery pokery because sometimes you have to select I decided it was like safe cracking or dialing in a combination. You had to go one way. And then if you got far enough one way, you could then turn it the other way. And that would let you select things in the other direction. And it was just a, a, a bit odd. I, I got the hang of it by the end of the week. I had the hang of it and it was fine. But at the beginning of the week, it was like, what the heck am I meant to why doing? Oh, got it mm. was kind of what was going on, which is it's, isn't particularly helpful. <laughs> What was outstanding, though, was the 500 quid extra Harman Kardon stereo. Okay. It was superb. 800 mile a week. A decent stereo makes a world of difference, I've discovered. The best example I can give for this one was, I was, I think I was on my way back from Wales, and Glory Box by Portishead came up on whatever playlist I was on. And there's this bit at the beginning where it's a kind of it's a brush that they're using on a snare drum right at the start Mm -hmm. and it starts really softly and normally in most cars you're sitting there going what's was is this playing is this broken why is it stopped is it buffering but from that you could hear right from the beginning the very very soft brush on the snare drum and it was like oh oh that's Good, <laughs> and I'm not a music. I'm not a huge audiophile but sometimes you get a car with a stereo, and you think, "Wow, that's a am- that's that's worth five hundred quid, which is more than my stereo at home is worth." That was worth it. So, and then I went to the other extreme, of course, because by this point I was on a I was on a roll. So the bass in Audacity of Huge by Simeon Mobile Disco is another good one. <laughs> That's my standard <laughs> testing track, by the way. And then then I thought, oh, I know what I've got that will really test it. And it's the Twisted from the guys at Mighty Car Mods. If you watch that on YouTube, he's looking at me a bit strangely. And it was written, so there's that track that was written for Twisted, one of the, the definitely not an Evos. And it was a track written explicitly to show off huge stereo installs. And it sounded absolutely awesome through this Carmen Garden stereo. I was, but by, by this point, I was kind of full chaffing it. And it is a wonder that I wasn't, you know, all four windows down, going through the drive through at McDonald's by this point, with some some
1: vape trailing from your
0: some dub set, yeah, pumping, pumping from the tunes and the the what's this? Was it a ten inch or something? I don't think it says on here. It was a significant-sized subwoofer mounted in the side of the boot, in the back. Amazing stuff. So, awesome stereo. 500 quid extra. I'd spec it. Okay. Yeah, in there. Other than that, I mean, it was pretty much a, it was a pretty standard car. I mean, it's better spec than the Germans for the price. And and definitely, you know, you don't have to laden this with options to make it a very nice car. But I would be sorely tempted by, by that Harman Kardon audio.
1: Okay. All right then. It, it, it surprising no one, I'm thinking, I'm thinking here, for just getting a mm-hmm. a slight feel from everything you've said. Uh, things like I liked it a lot. That's those sort of subtle things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I'm really good at
1: suppressing these. Yes. Yes. You know, spoiler alerts, etc. Yeah. Uh, verdict then, Alan.
0: <laughs> I really liked it. I I did, I, and everyone I spoke to. And showed it to, really liked it too. Were you surprised you liked it? A bit, yes. Yes. I mean, I'd gone to buy Alphas before. I went to I went to go buy a Mito and then drove it and didn't like it at all. But I've driven 147s and liked them. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really surprised I liked it, but I was surprised how much I liked it and what I liked it for. Mm. was i surprised i don't think i was surprised by other people's reactions no but yeah I, I i did like it and i liked it a lot there is of course the caveat which is like so would you buy it mm. and that's difficult because the reaction i got from so many people was oh i like this yeah it's nice an alpha so how long before it breaks which is the Jeez. alpha thing
1: yes the historical alpha thing
0: It's a bit of an alpha thing. And I don't know if that would be preying on my mind as a serial Mazda Toyota buyer, if I could deal with that.
1: Well, uh, 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 yeah, I I don't know how much that is happening now, though.
0: No, well, neither do I. Some
1: investigation would be required, I feel.
0: Yeah. Just to be clear here, this was an 8,000-mile press car or so. It gave no hint at all of... Anything breaking at all. And we took it to Miserable Wet Wales, where it was a fantastic warm haven. Oh, I forgot to talk about off roading. Fantastic warm haven beside the racetrack. Yes. When it was bleeding miserable outside, there were no squeaks, no rattles, no warning lights. The only light I got was that it needed some ad blue. So I shoved a tenner's worth in from a carton at Tesco and The light went away, which is kind of what's meant to happen, I suppose. It showed no hint of being unreliable at all. So I I don't know about that. I think I would need to consider it.
1: Well, that's the same as my experience with the Julia. There was not one thing in the Julia that I thought, that's a bit ropey. Ooh, that's not going to last, or I didn't get any warning lights at all.
0: I'd I'd have to see how I got on with the dealer. The dealer I went to the last time, I wasn't that keen on dealing with either. But there are others closer who I I would consider. But I really liked it. And if I were shortlisting your BMWs and all that kind of stuff, I, I would give this consideration. It depends on how happy you are with your monthly payment. Yes. But the monthly payments on this are pretty good. They seem to be doing everything they can to get you into this car.
1: Yes, and you will stand out in a car park full of Germanic Mm -hmm. metal, that's for sure.
0: It is very sure. Can I just add one little bit? I know I've just given the thing, but I realized I forgot to talk about off-roading, in that I didn't really off-road much other than some very slippery grass and turning it round in the car park, where I did, in the manner, uh, as is appropriate, actually managed to get mud on the roof. Uh, That was the other time I was very conscious of those highly summer-biased tires. (laughs) Don't get it stuck. Don't get it stuck. Don't get it stuck. And it actually pulled through really quite well. Not near. I mean, this has DNA. It has dynamic, normal, and then winter modes. I was given very firm instructions that these vehicles were delimited, you know, which seemed a bit of a strange thing to warn me, given that my own car... Weighs half as much and has more power and all these other things. Now these because these were press cars, you know, and just D was not for the road. I did try D on the road, of course, because I'm me, and really that's what you're meant to do. And went, oh, that's nice. It's a little bit growlier and angrier and quite liked it in normal. Thanks, and just shoved it back in normal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I liked it a lot. It was very nice and it was a lovely color, but the interior should have been brown. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it yeah I'm always glad when I like a press car it's always good yep anyway don't forget folks that between now and the next time you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram on Facebook and on the contact page of MotoringPodcast.com the hub of all our activities please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing it really does matter Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people want to get in touch with you and understand or maybe get some tips and advice on how to best deal with traffic jams that take an hour to do 30 metres, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you personally?
0: Twitter will work where I'm at A-J-P Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.